Um, and if you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's we'd love you to bring a Bible, but also we have some spares here. So if you you don't have a Bible, you want one, chuck your hand in the air and we can get a Bible brought around to you. Yeah. And we can get that going. So just a reminder, if you don't have a Bible, you want one, boom, hand up in the air. In fact, if you don't have a Bible and you don't want one, still put your hand up because you should want a Bible in front of you. And they're coming around now. So stick your hand up nice and high so we can see. Oh, I'm flicking open to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Still got some Bibles going around. Alright, if you just got handed a Bible and you somehow didn't hear me say it, we're going to John chapter 10. So John's in the New Testament, which is the second half. It's actually the last little bit. Um, And we're starting in chapter 10, verse 1. So if you've got that there in front of you. Listen up, because I'm going to start reading it. All right. (laughs) Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock scatters. uh, The wolf attacks and the... the flock, and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Kurt is going to explain that to us. All right, so here's the question. How can you live the good life? You get it? How can you live the good life? How can you be living the life where you're just living the dream, where you're happy, where you're just killing it, where you're living your best life? That's the question. That's what I want to think about tonight. How can you... Everyone wants it. No one wants to live a terrible, miserable life, yeah? You want to live a good life. You want to live the good life. I hear it all the time. People talk about 2020. It's going to be the year of me. I'm going to dominate this year. We're going to talk about it. How can you live the good life? I want you to think for yourself for a moment. Do I want that? If the good life's able to be had, do you want to live the good life? Now, I imagine the answer's yeah. I'd hope the answer's yeah. Now, I'm curious. I want you to call out for me on this one. If I 
if I went into your school, cruised around and started asking people, what are the things that make for the good life? Okay, what are the things that make, it, make for a life that's just epic, that you're loving it, that's as good as it gets? What do you reckon are some of the things I'd hear? Give me some. Oh man, I just, that's what a terrible idea. Let me, let me read, everyone stop, let me touch that. Uh, someone kind of here tell me something. Pardon? Money, money, money. It's a good one. Somebody like here, give us what? Xbox, somebody here. A rich husband, killing it. Somebody up the back over there. What? Party. Someone back over here. You're over there. What? All right, you get the idea. There's a bunch of these things. It's going to be money. It's going to be relationships. It's going to be party. It's going to be all these different things, yeah? Now, I want to get a sense of what you reckon. So I'm going to chuck up two things on the screen. I'm going to want a show of hands. Which of these would make you happier? Yeah, which would make your life a bit happier? So thing one, if you spent the Arvo down at the beach... Or you spent your Arvo just chilling watching Netflix. Hands up for down at the beach. Hands up for at home vegging on Netflix. All right, killing it. Next one, next one. What about this one? Would you rather a year's supply of KFC or just an extra week off school? Think about it. Hands up for KFC. Hands up for extra week off school. All right, I reckon that one got a few more. Next one, next one. Okay, what about this one? Come on, come on. Heaps of money or heaps of friends? Not the TV show friends. I know that's just a picture of that. I just mean having heaps of mates or heaps of money. Hands up if you'd rather have heaps of money. That would make you happier. Hands up if it was heaps of friends. All right, very good, very good. All right, last one, last one, last one. All right. Your dream house, so just some epic house that you have and you just have it for the rest of your life, or your dream job out of school for the rest of your life. All right, hands up for dream house. Hands up for dream job. Yeah, interesting, very responsible answer. <laughs> Probably. All right, those are, my, those are my show of hand things. Now, give me a bit of hush. Tell me, do you reckon living, a good, living, living the good life, the happy life, put up your hand and tell me if you think it would be easy to, to live the good life. Put up your hand if you think it would be hard to live the good life. And put your hand up if you don't know. Because who knows, it's a big question to think about. Now, can I say, I think, it, I think living the good life is way harder than most people think. I want to tell you a little bit about why that is. Often people think, you know, I had that time when I got 10 bucks and I bought something, it made me happy. So if a little bit of money makes me a little happy, then maybe if I had a million bucks and I had a lot of money, it would make me a lot of happy. And that sounds to make sense, yeah? I had a couple of bits of chocolate that would make me a little happy, maybe heaps would make me a lot of happy. It just doesn't work that way. I'll tell you, all these different things that you guys called out before that people think make them happy and bring them the good life, never cut it. Never cut it. And I want to tell you a little bit about it. I want to tell you about this guy. His name, well, actually, I don't know his name. His name's Eduardo Ronaldo. 
Um, that was a real um, European soccer player name, wasn't it? Anyway, now this was, I watched, this was the guy who did a TED Talk, right? And he's been doing research over in America. Super interesting. Let me give you the inside scoop. He's been doing an 80-year study where he's interviewed thousands of people from when they're, from when they're young, through their teenagers, through the older, right through 80 years. And he got 1,000 people, and every year he'd just sit down with them, touch base, ask them questions, and do that throughout their life, and then with their kids, da-da-da, 80 years. And here's what he wanted to find out. What are the things that end up making people happier and healthier in life? That's what he went to figure out. You haven't done an 80-year study. Come back to me when you have. But here's the go, right? He found that most people, when they're in their teens, planned their future in order to get more money or more success or fame. So they were kind of planned there. And you might be thinking, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, out of school, one of those things. And then they, tr- and then they caught back up with those people 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later, 40 years later. And here's the thing they found. Everyone got back and said, none of those things made me any happier in life. Is that interesting? I wonder if that surprises you. Or I wonder if you kind of already knew that intuitively. I tell you, some people think, yeah, money will make me happy, but we know money doesn't make us happy, yeah? I don't know if you've ever talked to someone. If you ask anyone, go home, ask your parents, go home, ask anyone, how much money do you wish you had? Do you know how much the answer is? Everyone has the same answer. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Because no matter how much you money, chasing money to, be sat, to get happiness, it's like chasing the horizon. It's like, it's just there. I'll just get there. And then you get there and it's like, oh, it's just there. I'll get there. And then it's just there. And it keeps moving further away. No matter how much money people get, they always want more. There was this Kevin Hart documentary on Netflix and he's, he's like got like hundreds of millions of dollars, right? He's got a lot of money. He grew up poor. Do you know what his dream is? To get a billion dollars. Oh, if you've got a hundred million, it's not going to make you happy. A billion probably isn't going to do it. Money's just never going to cut it. The things that you buy with your money aren't going to cut it. You're going to go out, you're going to buy a new iPhone, it's going to be really exciting, and then three months later, what's going to happen? The new one comes out, and yours just loses its charm, and you want a new one, and that's just going to keep going. That one over there used to be really exciting. No one cares anymore. Stuff isn't going to make you happy. I'll give you another one. If you think it's about being successful, being famous, getting to the top, it'll never do it. Not only will you never be high enough, I want to read you a quote from a guy. Do you know the guy NF, the artist? Does that ring any bells? He's, he's a rapper. And um, one of his songs in his album that came out, he had this real honest moment. And I want to read out something that he told you. It's, he talks about when he got to his most successful point in life. Okay, he's a muser, he's finally nailed it. This is what he says. Get this. He said, my most successful moment, the most successful moment of my life was the worst, the most depressed I've ever been. I had a number one song on the billboard charts. My song's massive right now. My tour, every date sold out except one. So I literally had everything I'd always dreamed of happening and I didn't feel happy at all. So I spiraled real bad and I thought, there's got to be more for me. Because if this is it, it's not going to work. Did you get the point? Stuff just doesn't cut it. And as experience happens, people time and time again tell us that it doesn't happen. 
If you think that getting people to like you is the way that's going to be happy, you'll just get crushed every time you go on your Instagram and you don't get as many likes as you wish you had. Yeah? If you think that being beautiful and attractive is the way to make, to make you feel happy, you'll just always feel ugly compared to that person or compared to what you wish you were like. These things just crush us. If you think happiness is going to be found in getting in a relationship or you think sex is the way to be happy, you'll never have enough. It'll never be quite what you want and that's what happens. If you think it's in partying and drinking, you'll have fun and then the next time you'll need to party a bit harder and a bit harder and a bit harder because the same thing, none of it actually makes you sit back and go, I'm living the good life. It always leaves you wanting a little bit more. Like you're not quite there yet. I give you quite, this is Sonny Bill Williams, you know him? He's played NRL and he played for the All Blacks. He, um, he had this one, really interesting. Have a look. He said, look, I chased girls, I drank alcohol, I spent lavishly and I thought I was someone that I wasn't. I lived that life and in my experience, what did it give me? Hollowness and emptiness in my heart. In the end, nothing seems to cut it. Nothing seems to cut it. Everything leaves you disappointed. And so here's the question. Will God help? Will God help? Will believing in God, following in God, make me be able to get hold of this good life that no one can actually get a hold of? Now, some people say no. Some people say no. There was this bus that went around in London a few years ago and they put it out and they put it all on over all the buses and it went around town so everyone could see it and it said, there's probably no God, so stop worrying and enjoy your life. And get what they think? They go, if you believe in God, that's going to make you more worried and make your life less enjoyable. So don't worry about it. Some people reckon, no, God's not going to help. But some people on the other side will say, yeah, yeah, God will help. He'll give you heaps of money and God will give you heaps of success and all that stuff. Now, I don't know if that's helpful, but we just saw that money and success and all that stuff doesn't really cut it. So if that's what he's going to do to help, that's not much help at all. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to see what Jesus has to say and it's none of those options. Jesus is going to show us the way to the true good life. And this is where I brought something to help us understand. This is my contract. Can you see what it says? Legally binding contract. All right. Now, at the end of this time tonight while we're up here, I'm going to pick someone. I'm not going to get you to put up your hand. I'm just going to pick you. And I'm going to get you up here and I'm going to ask you to sign this contract. And I'm not going to take away the black bit. Okay. You're not going to see what's on it, and I'm just going to get you to sign it. Well, actually, I'm not going to force you to sign it. You can choose not to sign it. That may be a very smart thing to do. But I'm going to ask you if you want to sign it, all right? And then I can get rid of the black thing, and we can see what you've signed yourself up for. But I've looked up, I've Googled, what are the things that make for a legally binding contract? I'm skilled up, man. This thing's binding. I've already signed it here, dated it. We're ready to go, all right? So looking forward to that. Get nervous, because I'm going to pick you. Um, but I tell you, contracts, if you don't know what's on it, I'll tell you a couple of stories just to freak you out. There was um, three years ago in London, 22,000 people signed up um, to the terms and conditions of like the town's free Wi-Fi without reading what was on the actual contract they signed. Do you know what they did? They all signed themselves up to 1,000 hours of community service, picking up rubbish from the streets and all that kind of stuff because they didn't read the contract. 
I'll give you another one. I don't know if you listen to Hamish and Andy. There was this exact thing happened. Hamish came to Andy with a contract, blacked out half of it and went, sign it. And Andy went, all right. And he signed it. And he signed himself up to be like, to be like a, the model of like this perfume company that Hamish had done. Like Andy by Hamish. And he had to like pose for all his model staff and had to like advertise himself. He basically just sold his face to the perfume company and he hated it and it was heaps good so it gave me this idea what can I get you guys to sign <laughs> let's go <laughs> but I'll tell you why I've got this we've got this here because here's, here's what I want us to help us see becoming a Christian is a lot like signing a contract and that's what I want to help us to see it's handing over your life to God and say you can do with my life what you think's best I'll do what you say. You call the shots. And God gives, says things to us in the contract. He promises things for us. He promises forgiveness, eternal life, a relationship with Him if we kind of sign our life over to Him. But I think many people, when they think about the idea of becoming a Christian, about signing kind of that contract with God, they're super scared about it. And they think it's a terrible idea. Do you want to know why? Because they think that Handing their life over to God will mean it'll make it worse. It's not going to be the good life. It's going to be a step in the other direction. Well, I want to help us see tonight, as we look at what Jesus says, why it would be a great thing to sign up to God's contract kind of thing. Why giving your life over to Him would be the good life. Big call, and I'm confident Jesus can back it up. So why don't I pray, and then we're going to have a look at that bit of the Bible that we got read out just before. Why don't you join me? Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thanks for your word. Thanks for Jesus who tells us lots about you and lots about life. And please help us to understand what you have to say and please show us the way to have the good life, a life that's good for us, a life that will bring us joy and happiness and contentment. Um, Yeah, please give us that tonight. Amen. So John chapter 10, if you've got a Bible with you, keep it open. Here's what's going on in this chapter. Jesus is going toe-to-toe with these guys called the Pharisees. I don't know if you can get up on here. Next one. Here's the go, right? He starts it off, verse 1. He says, Truly I tell you, Pharisees. Here's the Pharisees. You don't get any Pharisees cruising around today, right? Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. They were basically the, guy that to- the guys that told everyone how to live their life. That was the Pharisees. And Jesus always clashed with them. I don't know if you've got that mate. Do you have that mate who's just always picks a hole in everything you do. Do you have that, mate? Man, I'm that mate to my mates. But um, you get it. The Pharisees are that guy to Jesus. They follow Jesus around and they've got issue with everything they do. The chapter before this in the Bible, Jesus heals a blind guy and these Pharisees have got an issue with what day of the week he did it on. My goodness, Pharisees, you guys have got issues. So, Jesus goes toe-to-toe with the Pharisees right in this one, and what he does is he confronts them and he tells them a story. He tells them a story about a sheep and a shepherd. Let me read it out to you. It's really interesting. This is what Jesus says to these Pharisees who pick holes with them. He says, Truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who doesn't enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he's brought them out, he goes on ahead of him and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. 
Jesus tells them, shepherds, when they go to their little pen of their sheep, go through the gate. And shepherds, when they call their sheep out, are the guys that the sheep listen to. And you know what the Pharisees are probably thinking at this point? Cool story, Jesus, but why are you telling me about sheep and shepherds? That's what's going on. Verse 6, they say, we don't know what you're talking about. And so then Jesus spells it out for them, right? He's using the metaphor about sheep and shepherds to tell them something big. And here's where it is. See how this fits in tonight. Jesus is saying that he's the one that can bring the true good life. Jesus can bring the true good life. Have a look at verse 7. Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. He's going, I'm the gate. In that story I've told you, it's about me. I'm the gate. So, you know, the sheep pens work, right? There's four walls and a gate. You know what the gate's good for? Why do you have a gate on those things? Why would the sheep like a gate? So they can get in. Why do they want to get in? No, no, no. No, not, no. they want to get in the pen so they don't get lost or get attacked. It's the safe place. Safe in the pen. If you're a sheep, nothing bad's going to happen to you. You're in a pen. But then it, it lets them get out. Why would a sheep want to get out of the pen? They, like, they would like to eat grass. Sheep like grass, if you didn't know this. All right? They get in, it keeps them safe. They get out, it gives them grass. And Jesus says, I am that gate. You get the point yet? Yeah, I wouldn't expect you to. It's still pretty hard. Jesus is saying, what, I can keep you safe and give you grass? Is that what he's saying? No, he explains what he means in verse 10. Have a look. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have two things, notice, life and have it to the full. Jesus says, I can give life and life to the full. Life and life to the full. You get what he's saying? Life, Jesus gives life. He keeps you alive. He can give you eternal life and life to the full. It's the good life, the life that's full of abundance, full of good things. For the sheep, can you imagine, if you had to guess, what's the best life a sheep could have? Picture a sheep living its best life. Do you know what it's got going on for it? Well, it's not attacked by wolves. That's a good one. It's kept safe. It's alive. And it's got heaps of grass. That's what sheep love doing. And Jesus is going, I do that. I bring you life. I keep you safe and alive. And I give you life to the full. Jesus is promising the good life. Your best life now. Now, big claim. It gets bigger. Jesus claims, get this, to be the only way to the good life. The only way. See, Jesus doesn't say, I'm a gate. He doesn't even say, he doesn't say I'm one of many gates. He doesn't even say, I'm the best gate. Like he's the best way to live the good, happy life. He says, look at verse 7, I am the gate. He's the only way to the good life, to life to the full. I tell you, I don't know if you've looked into other religions. Muhammad claimed to have been told by God the way to life. 
If you know anything about Buddha, he claimed to have come up with a way to live life the best way. Jesus, like neither of them, he doesn't know the way. He says, he is the way. He is the gate and he's the only gate. All other things we chase, money, parties, all that stuff are not the way to the good life. They're like ads on TV. They promise big, they deliver small. Now sit with that for a second. Jesus is the only way for you to live the good life. What do you make of that? That's a hard one to ignore. Either he is and you need to get on board or he's not and you need to write him off as a fraud. But Jesus makes a big claim. He's the only way for you to get, live life to the full. That's a big claim. Too big a claim? Too arrogant of Jesus to think he's the only way? What does he think makes him so special? That's the next thing he tells us. Jesus says, here's the last thing to know, Jesus can bring the good life because he's an epic leader. He's an epic leader. See, we often don't like people telling us what to do. We don't want someone leading us in life. We'd like to call their shots ourselves. I wonder, show of hands, who would be happy for the person to your left or your right to make all your decisions in life? All of them. They decide what you're going to wear each day. They decide what job you're going to do. They decide what food you're going to eat. They, do, they decide who you're going to go out with. person next to you. Who would, do, who would be happy for that? Who would hate that? Now, come back to me. Come back to me. We just hate the idea of someone else calling the shots, yeah? Most of us think that most of us would do a terrible job of telling you how to live your life. We don't want other people calling the shots. We'll get this. Jesus says, I'm a guy who can call shots well for you. He says he's an epic leader. He says, if he calls the shots for you, your life will go better. Big claim. Have a look. Verse 11. Notice what Jesus calls himself. He says, I am the good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. You know, shepherd, it's the leader. It's the one who guides the sheep, who leads them. He says, I'm an epic leader. I'm a good shepherd. Now, what is it that makes him such a good shepherd? Three things that he tells us. And you get this, you'll get why Jesus can bring you the good life. And you notice how incredible this man Jesus is. The first reason he's an epic leader is that he is God. You notice verse 11 says, he's the good shepherd. I wonder what you picture when you picture a shepherd. Do you, um, when you picture a shepherd, picture a shepherd right now. All right. I wonder how many of you, show by show of hands, are picturing a guy wearing like white flowy clothes and like nice long hair, cruising through a meadow with like a crook stick kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, some of you are thinking that. Now, how many of you have actually had any experience on a farm and know anything about a shepherd? Some of you. Doesn't look like that, yeah? He's probably like, he's probably a bit burly, he's a bit dirty, he's got a big beard, he's wearing a flannel and he's got a hylax. That sound a bit more right? That's a bit more like a shepherd. Now, when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, he doesn't mean either of them. Because remember, he's not talking to you, he's not talking to 
guys in New Zealand who know what farm, goes on in farms and stuff. He's talking to the Pharisees. And when they thought of what a shepherd was like, they didn't think of any of those things. Here's what they thought of. When they thought of a shepherd, they thought of God. Is that weird? We don't think of that when we think of a shepherd. Because they had this whole first half of the Bible where God talks about himself as a shepherd, as the leader of his people. And he says that he's the good one, that there's lots of bad leaders around and he's the good one. And so Jesus rocks up and goes, I'm the good shepherd. And they go, this is God. Well, they might not have joined the dots, but we know this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is a good leader because he's God. I mean, I wonder, who do you go to advice for when you need advice in life? When you don't know what, whether you should take this job or not, when you don't know what electives you should do, I wonder who do you go for for advice? Who do you think is qualified to give you advice on life? Maybe it's one of your mates, maybe it's your folks. Imagine if you could go to God and get his advice. That's big. This is why Jesus thinks he's such a good shepherd, why he's an epic leader, why he can bring us the best life. But here's the second thing, Jesus cares about you. I mean, I wonder what the nicest thing anyone's ever done for you is. Look at verse 11 and notice what Jesus does and how much he cares. Verse 11, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Lays down his life for you. You know what? I would, by the way, never sign this. I'd never sign it. Because I'd be worried that whoever made it was just looking out for themselves. And just trying to get me to sign it. Everyone wants, everyone's out to get something from me. No, everyone cares about me half as much. You, know, you just wouldn't trust someone. It's why we don't want the person next to us calling the shots for us, yeah? Jesus cares about you so much he died for you sit with that he died for you he cares about you that much do you think if you let him decide how to live your life he'd try and stuff you around nah, I mean, look how much he cares about you and here's the last thing that makes jesus such an epic leader <coughs> He knows you well. He really knows you. I tell you, when I, every time I go to the movies, you go to a Coles run, go get some snacks, because you don't want to give Hoyts your money because they charge you four times as much. Yeah, you go to cat. I will never let anyone else go get my snacks. You know why? They don't know what I want. And even if I tell them, I don't know what I want until I'm looking at everything, right? So I'm not going to, I'm going to go there themselves. I know what I want. I know what's going to be good for me in the end. Check out what Jesus says, verse 14. He says again, I'm the good shepherd. And then he says, have a look. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Jesus knows his people. He knows them well. He's close with them. And if you're thinking, yeah, but Jesus was way back then. If you look at verse 18, he's come back from the dead. He's alive. He still knows us. Jesus knows what you like. He knows what's good for you. He knows what your future holds. It's these three things that make Jesus an epic leader. Yeah? He's God, he cares about you, and he knows you. Now you might ask, prove it. 
How do I know Jesus cares about me? How do I know that he knows me and he's seeking my best? You look at what he did on the cross. Jesus knew how sinful you were and he cared enough to come to earth and die in your place so that you could be forgiven if you trust him. You can't look at Jesus dying on the cross and see someone who doesn't care about you. Someone who doesn't want your absolute best. So, let me draw this together for us. I got, um, I got mates who have thought about Jesus lots and they've gone, yep, I'm convinced Jesus was a real guy. I'm convinced that I need forgiving. I'm convinced that Jesus died and he could forgive me. But, they all, but lots of my friends, they've all got stuck at the same point that they haven't wanted to jump on board with. They don't want someone else running their life. They don't want someone else running their life. And they're right, by the way. That's what being a Christian will be. It's handing over your life, denying yourself and following Jesus. He's the king of your life. They got it right, but they didn't want it. And it's because they missed something massive. Here's what they missed. Jesus is someone you can trust to lead you. He's 100% for you. He isn't out to give you a boring, burdensome life. He wants to give you life to the full. And he's willing to give up his own life to make sure you get it. See, most of the time, having someone else controlling our life would be a nightmare. But, look at me, you can trust Jesus to lead you. You can trust Jesus to lead you. Now, this is where my contract comes in. Come on up. Come on up, come on up. Now. <laughs> How you doing? Good. What's your name? Jordan. Jordan. Now, have you signed a contract before? Uh, Maybe. I think so. You know the deal? Now, a contract, let me just, need to be clear, let this be known to all the witnesses that I've said this. When you sign a contract, it's legally binding. If you don't keep it, the courts will make, you, make sure you keep it, all right? Now, I've written this out, and you, let this be known well, all right, let's let it be known well, I'm not forcing him to do this, you can do whatever you want, you can sit down, we'll just move on, we'll never think anything about it, and either way, I'll let you know what's on it. So you don't need to do it just to find out, all right? They're not signing it. They would love you to sign it. They've got no skin in the game. Oh, no, no, don't, no, 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 no. Do you want to sign it? You're not sure? Nobody else is here. Nobody else is here. Just you and me. Just you and me. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want to sign it, but then it could be bad. It could be very bad, too. Yes, yes, yes. I've thought of lots of evil ideas. It could be great. It could be really good. I might give you my car. Yeah, you could. I could. I might do that. What do you want to do? Last call. Yay or nay? Don't feel any pressure. I wouldn't be surprised. No, don't feel bad if you don't. Happy to leave it, happy to leave it. All right, good work, good work.
Smart move, smart move, smart move, smart move. Now, now, you all sit in the crowd and you go, why didn't he sign it? You get up here and we'll talk about this after. After this, I want you up here. No, no, we don't take volunteers. I don't want, because volunteers are just people that are just, haven't really thought about it and just going to sign their life away. You're the guys out on the streets in London picking up your rubbish because you didn't read the contract. Tut, 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 tut. And by the way, smart move. <laughs> now... When it comes to Jesus, I think many are just like that and they're scared that life with him will be a letdown. And do you want to know why? He doesn't know what's best for me. He's not able to give me what's best. He doesn't care enough about me. Jesus says, I know you well, I care about you deeply and I'm God so I can do anything and I want to give you life to the full. That's someone you can trust. Now, me, I've just whipped this up. I'm happy to have some fun. So I'm not the guy to trust, okay? I would not be signing this. And you'd be very silly to do so. (laughs) Jesus, no, chill out. Jesus is the kind of leader you can trust. Now, he's not saying he'll give you money and, you know, whatever you want. No, 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 it's not that. He's saying he'll give you what... He thinks is best for you. And yeah, you don't know me. But I'll tell you what, if you did know me well and you trusted me, I'll give you a bit of an example. Zach, are you in the room? Zach, stand up. Now, I'm not going to get you down here, so that's okay. If I were to tell you now that what's on here would be really good for you and I'm not stuffing you around, I'm happy to look out for you, would you be happy to sign it? Yeah, he would. Do you want to know why? He knows me. We've got history. We know each other. We're mates. He knows that if I'm going to say that, I'm going to mean it. I'm going to be for his good. You can sit down. Thanks. Now, you get the point. When it comes to Jesus, if we can trust him, then we can trust him with our life and know it's the good life. Know he's going to steer us in the best direction. Here's what it means to be a Christian. And I'm going to give you a chance to do this tonight. It means two things to become a Christian. It means, one, trusting Jesus to remove your sin so that God will accept you. And it means, two, trusting Jesus to be the ruler of your life. Now, we haven't talked stacks about number one tonight. We've been talking all about number two, if you pick that up. But if you're ready to do that and you understand that, both those things, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. Now, if you're not ready, that's fine. Take the time, look into Jesus. When it's with Jesus, it's not actually a blank contract. Look through the Bible. It tells us lots about what it looks like to follow Jesus. But tonight, if you've thought enough about Jesus, if you understand that and you want to trust Him with your life, tonight's the night. Don't put it off. See, sometimes, if you're a Christian in here, I think sometimes Christians can look at the life of people who aren't and get jealous. I wonder if you get those moments. feel like you're missing out. My mates are doing this and they're doing this and they're doing this and I'm not. Or I have to keep doing this thing and I'm doing this church thing. You get jealous. Can I encourage you? Remember, Jesus is an epic leader. You're not missing out. Do you think Jesus is going to hold back from you something that's good for you? No, no, no. He's... He wants the absolute best for you. Your mates who don't know Jesus are chasing the good life, 
But if they don't know Jesus, they'll never find it. It's like they're at the beach searching the sand for gold and you've already got it sitting around your neck. See, none of us wants to miss out on anything good. It sucks when you find out that your friends have all been down to the beach and gone to the movies all day and you didn't get an invite. It sucks to miss out. Jesus offers life to the full. Are you going to let life go by and miss out? Because there's a lot of us here who already have it. Talk to your mate who's a Christian and ask them what difference Jesus makes. Find out what it means to them. Jesus has the way to life. Man, it's going to come at a big cost. It means you're not living your own way. It's big. But it's the good life. It's the good life. And so the question, will you trust this man, Jesus, with your life? That's the question you need to answer to yourself. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that now. We're going to pray. And so if you're at a point where you're willing to do that, to start trusting Jesus, you can join, you can pray with me and we can do that now. So why don't we all bow our heads, close your eyes. If you're praying, you can pray along in your own head as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus, who is such a good leader. Father, please forgive me of my sin. Father, please lead me in the way of life that you think will be best for me. Thank you for such a good leader that we have in Jesus. God, I trust him with my life. Please help me to do that and help me to live for him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.